Do you have questions about the Catholic faith? Are you just listening because you randomly found this podcast? Whatever the reason, we're glad you're listening. From prayer to the Eucharist to exploring the treasures of the Catholic Church, we will talk about the faith in day-to-day life. This is Seeking Sanctus. Hey, what's going on guys? Welcome back to Seeking Sanctus. I'm William Mayberry and today we have a special episode. Uh, It's just me. No guest. It's going to be a little shorter uh, because as you know, uh, January 25th was the conversion of St. Paul the Apostle. It was the feast of that. And as you also may know, one of my goals is to do a little bit about the saints in this podcast, such as like their stories, why they're saints, etc., and seeing as how that it was the Feast of the Conversion of St. Paul, just kind of too good an opportunity to pass up. <laughs> okay, so I'm just going to jump right in. Uh, this can be found in Acts 9, 1-19. through 19, And I'm going to put the Bible passages in the show notes. So if you can't look this up right at the moment, it's okay. You can just look it up afterward. So I'm just going to read through this. And then we'll jump into the points behind it. Right, so Acts 9, 1 through 19. But Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues at Damascus, so that if he found any belonging to the way, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Now as he went on his way, he approached Damascus, and suddenly a light from heaven shone around him. And falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But rise and enter the city, and you will be told what you are to do. The men who were traveling with him stood speechless, hearing the voice but seeing no one. Saul rose from the ground, and although his eyes were opened, he saw nothing. So they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And for three days he was without sight, and neither ate nor drank. Okay, I'm going to stop there. If you want the rest of uh, Paul's conversion story, again, it's Acts 9, 1-19. I went 1-9, through because this is the section I'm talking about. The version of the Bible I'm using is called the ESV. It's the English Standard Version, the Catholic Edition. So if your translation doesn't match mine exactly, that's probably why. uh, Because it's still a relatively new translation. Alright, so jumping right into the points. uh, Paul was a Jewish Pharisee. Uh, He tells us that himself in Philippians 3, uh, midway through verse 4 and verse 5. And I'm actually going to find that real quick. Midway through verse 4. If anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee. So, St. Paul is actually telling us himself that he's a Pharisee. So there's no doubt to that. During that time, there was another Jewish religious group called the Sadducees. The difference between these two groups is the Pharisees believed in the resurrection and angels, as well as the writing of the prophets and other books of the law. The Sadducees did not. They only believed in the first five books of Moses. 
one of my favorite jokes about this is that's why they're sad, you see. And so Paul tells us himself he's a Jewish Pharisee, and he was also a staunch defender of the Jewish faith. Paul, Paul was his Roman name. In scripture, he is identified by both Paul and his Jewish name, Saul. So during this time, he's still taking the name Saul. And most likely, he thought that the Christians were following a false messiah and were heretical because we know that he is persecuting Christians. He believes in God. He believes in the Jewish faith. He believes in the Messiah. But most likely, he just thought these, that the Christians were following a false messiah because there, there were false messiahs that rose up during that time, but we're, we're not going to get into that. And Saul was present at, he was present at this event, and he approved it. If you read Acts seven fifty four through 60, the stoning of St. Stephen, he was present at that event, and he approved it. Uh, and St. Stephen was the great deacon of the early church. He was martyred. St. Stephen actually prayed for his persecutors, like Jesus had on the cross. And scripture only tells us the name of one of those persecutors, and that was Saul. So we know he was there, and he approved it. Stephen's death and prayer, he united them to that of Christ, as like we're all called to do. Uh, he prayed for his persecutors, and he was martyred. And his death and prayer together were redemptive for Saul. St. Augustine actually says, and I'm quoting here, if St. Stephen had not prayed as such, the church would not have St. Paul. St. Augustine believed it was the prayer of St. Stephen that gave the church the great St. Paul. And after this event, Saul continued his persecution of the church. He went to the high priest for permissions to go to Damascus. He received them, and he went. He was trying to cut the Christians off at the pass, in a sense. Because if the gospel reached Damascus, it would have just spread like wildfire in every direction. Damascus was a hub of communication and trade, so if it reached there, it'd go everywhere. So like I said, he wants to cut the Christians off at the pass. But that doesn't happen because on the way, uh, as we just read, he meets the risen Jesus. There's a bright light, and he's like, he's falling over, and he hears Jesus ask why Saul is persecuting him. And an important thing to notice here is Jesus says, why are you persecuting me? Not his followers, but him. Saul was persecuting Jesus' followers, but his followers are united to him, as we know. That's actually the origin of Paul's mystical body of Christ theology, that all, all Christians are part of Christ's body, and when the body suffers... The head of the body, Christ, he also suffers. So we're united to him in the body of Christ. And that's why Jesus says me instead of my followers. Saul's persecution of Jesus through his followers recalls his own namesake. Because you may or you may not have made the connection. Saul is named after King Saul from the Old Testament. The very first king of Israel. And... Paul is like Saul in his zeal. He, he's persecuting the Christians. He really wants to do this. He, want, he thinks he's doing right. Um, so he's very zealous in defending his faith. But he's persecuting the Lord's anointed. 
just like Saul. Saul persecuted King David before he was King David. Uh, you probably have heard that story. So David was the Lord's anointed. And now the Christians and Jesus are the Lord's anointed. And King Saul and Paul are both persecuting the Lord's anointed. And Saul realizes this when Jesus speaks to him. He realizes that he's persecuting the Lord's anointed just like his namesake. So that recalls uh, King Saul from the Old Testament. Caravaggio actually depicts this scene in a painting entitled The Conversion of St. Paul. There will be a link to that in the show notes if you want to pull that up while you're listening. That's okay if you don't. I'm just going to talk about it. What it shows is it shows a horse kind of as the uh, backdrop almost. There's a man holding the horse, like reaching for the bridle. And on the side of the horse closest to the viewer, St. Paul is on the ground. His arms are reaching for the sky. And there's a light falling on him. And Caravaggio works so many details into this painting. The horse in this painting is like, it's a fairly large horse. It's meant to dramatize Paul's fall to the ground, and it's backwards. When you see horses in a lot of artwork, they're like facing the viewer. You can see the head, you can see the mane, all of that. But the horse is backwards here, so you have a horse's rump facing the, the viewer. And that's kind of to focus on Paul's humiliation. He, he fell behind the horse instead of in front of it. And his arms are facing, his hands are reaching out towards that light. When you fall off of something where, backwards, where, where do you typically reach? You reach behind you to break your fall, to shield yourself from your fall. But Paul's hands are facing towards that light. He's shielding himself from Jesus instead of from his fall. And that bright light is hitting him from above. And you realize that Caravaggio has painted this scene at night. Because that emphasizes the light from heaven. It, it's hitting Paul. And it emphasizes the Jesus' light in Paul's darkness. And this is the moment when Paul has his conversion. He realizes he's been persecuting the true Messiah and his followers. And he's blind for three days, we know. Ananias heals him. Um, I'm going to let you guys read through that. I was just trying to mainly focus on the conversion story itself. So I hope you enjoyed. Uh, If you want to learn more about St. Paul, you can check out form.org. Augustine Institute uh, has put out Formed. And it has tons of great educational material, Catholic movies, kids programming, audiobooks, book clubs, anything you can think of. So you can check that out at form.org. You can get a free account through our parish. I'll put some instructions to that in the show notes. Uh, I highly recommend you check it out, especially the uh, Bible studies. Recently, we've been going through the Matthew study. Uh, Next episode... We're going to have seminarian Levi James to talk about the relationship between architecture and the church. So I hope you guys are looking forward to that. Also, uh, you guys can leave suggestions if you're able. I'm not uh, sure if everyone can. 
but you can leave suggestions for what you might want to see in future episodes. Uh, I'll look through them. We'll see what we get. And before I go, I'd like to give a shout out to Holly Vaughn for helping me prepare this study of the conversion of St. Paul. She's an Augustine Institute theology student, graduate student up there. So shout out to her for helping me prepare. All right. That's all I got for you. Hope you guys enjoyed and we'll see you all next time here on Seeking Sanctus.